Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, yet another Final Fantasy podcast, a podcast where I go through each Final Fantasy game, chapter by chapter, section by section. We are on episode 21, the Wind Tablet, on season 5, meaning we're playing Final Fantasy V Advance, and it is such a fantastic game. I was just editing, I think, episode 7 for release, so you can kind of tell what the lag is like, and at that point, I was like kind of complaining how difficult um, it is to play this game, just because there's like so much storyline packed in and it was hard to keep up with all of it and write down notes and now I'm on the opposite spectrum of that and it is that I am so far ahead that I need to take a break from playing so I can record episodes because uh yeah we're covering wind tablet but I'm almost basically at the end of the game play-wise and that is not a good thing right for me right like I've been following this self-rule that I will try to record an episode as soon as I play the section just because like there'll be things I remember and just because I don't want to like you know make it I don't want to make it confusing for myself because I'm gonna start mentioning things that are four chapters ahead and that's just not a good episode to have so let's talk about the wind tablet we have gotten the earth tablet already which means that I've gotten some um, awesome uh, you know final weapons Uh, I am you know, I got my airship, we went to the Mirage Town with the incredibly strong, um, you know, armor and stuff like that. It was just a really cool place. And now it's the time to go to the wind, tab- wind Tablet place, which is in the Island Shrine. This is kind of the cool thing. I walked in there by accident, I think a couple episodes ago. I believe I mentioned it that I'm like, oh, I'm just going to walk in here. And this is where I thought that that's where the castle with the weapons was. And it turns out it's not. It's the, the Wind Tablet place the island shrine so the island shrine is in the middle of that big bridge that existed in world 2 so in world 2 there was a big bridge that connected galev's kingdom um, all the way to the island where exneth lived and in the middle of that bridge once the worlds merged is the island shrine so i went to the side of the island shrine uh, i defeated the what do you call it the um gargoyles because the gargoyles um guide basically or they they um, guard the beginning or the entrance to every single sh- shrine that has tablets. Um, once I defeated them, um, there was a big vent, like an AC vent that you walk into and it sucks you in and it moves you to a different section of the building or of the level. So it, it was kind of a little bit of a puzzle with these vents and it's really silly because it's supposed to be like far in the in the past right like the island shrine and the island tablets that happened a thousand years ago. They have AC, like they have air conditioning. What, what's up with that? Um, so yeah, once I got into like one section, there are some switches and you have to basically, um, pull the switches and, you know, uh, alternate between turning them on and turning them off in, um, so that you can actually move around to different rooms. And so you basically like flip a switch, you go to the vent, the vent takes you to a different place. Um, you can then come back, you flip a different switch and then you unflip the first switch. And so you kind of have to go through some of these permutations. Now kind of this, here's a funny thing that I do want to mention real quick. And it's that, okay, well, I, I kind of missed this on my first playthrough, but in the guide, it says that there will be a character named Invisible or Pantera. That character is named Covert, Covert, I think. And it's a ninja that ran off during a random monster attack. It was just a really confusing situation, but whatever. I guess that that's the name of the character in the GBA version. So I did fight them. Uh, I did die a few times, so I did have to like go back to, you know, playing. Um, you go, I, I had to go back to like grinding, but um, 
I took went up a few more levels and I finally got to the tablet and then I, that's when I started to fight a boss and I believe that's the one of the bosses that the what do you call it the um, that X death sent after us and I don't have that in my notes but anyway so I ended up fighting them the boss were was uh what was called Windigo which is another like um you know it's it, it's a care like it's a it's a creature that exists in real world but i don't think it exists in the way that it was portrayed in the in the game but there are four wendigos that you have to fight fight and it's a really confusing battle which is okay so i went back to grinding and let me tell you about the grinding so here's the thing my characters felt very op and this is one of my favorite parts of the game uh is where i feel like my characters are op they have all these different abilities you're not really waiting for anything you're really just like nudging the characters here and there to make sure that they have the abilities and the strength and the armor and everything that fits exactly what you want them to do. And then you kind of try to, you know, adjust to the different scenarios as you hit them. So I started hitting really massive um, numbers in terms of attacks, massive critical hits. And um, basically every single fight felt like doable it didn't feel like a dire situation that i would have to resolve which was a huge huge deal also the ch there was a checkpoint a safe checkpoint like right there before the wendigo which meant that it made grinding really easy before i knew it i had black mage uh mastered i think it was krilly yeah krilly got black mage mastered she became a time mage so now she can buff and attack at the same time so she has access to the highest level black magic as well as um time magic and um, what's kind of funny is that I have a note here that I really wish su summoner summons would scale, actually scale in strength, because you kind of like, whatever summons you have, you can't really go beyond that. And I, I don't know if there's much difference, like if, how much does your level and magic ability, you know, affect the strength of the summons? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the interesting thing is, though, is that, and I didn't realize this before, and I, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't, but... You have the three elemental summons, right? Shiva, Ifrit, and Rama. Later in the game, and this is in any of the Final Fantasy games, you get more summons, and those summons, without me realizing it, are kind of like upgrades to our original ones, to those three original ones, right? So you get uh, Leviathan at some point, I think. Yeah, Leviathan does like a water attack, so it's kind of like Shiva, right? So Leviathan is like the upgraded Shiva. Then you get uh, the dragon, what's his name? Bahamut. Bahamut is a fire attack. So Bahamut is like the upgrade to Ifrit. And I believe Rama gets Odin. Odin is like the upgrade to Rama. So this was kind of like an interesting revolution to me because I, I realized that, oh yeah, like these summons do upgrade. You just have to go get the summons. It's not as easy as going to the store to buy some or leveling up. Uh, before I knew it, Fares also mastered uh, Fares mastered Dragoon, which means that um, just she's she's really good. So I I put a, this note. I'm gonna go look up a guide. I don't know what to do now. That's what I wrote down because I keep mastering all these classes and I don't really know. I don't know the best way to structure my class. Uh, this is not something I'm very good at doing, like seeing the patterns and realizing what's a good idea and what's not. And then I read the started reading the party building guide on some Final Fantasy wiki. And it was like, oh yeah, like at the end of the game, you should have two characters be freelancers and two characters be a different class that I don't have yet. And that's when it hit me. When you're a freelancer, you can equip two abilities. That makes sense. That means that I can really make a completely custom character. It's not just a black mage with white magic. It is a freelancer that could have black magic, 
time magic and white magic and just be able to do it all. Um, and then I, 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 it made sense to me that like Dragoon and Ranger and whatever, you could make those merge together and make those work as really powerful characters because Ranger can equip, let's say, or like a Dragoon can equip a Lance, but a Ranger can run aim to increase aim and damage, right? You could have a, uh, spell blade, right? From, um, Mystic Knight enchant your bow or something like that. So it's, it was really interesting to like look at it and be like, oh, okay, this is starting to really make sense. Though I don't think you can actually spell blade your bows because they're not blades and you don't hit with the bow, you hit with an arrow. So at this point, I have Lena who is on the way to finishing up being a white mage, I think, and she has the ability to be a summoner. So if I run her as a freelancer, I could have a powerful healer and a powerful attacker. So then I started looking at um, some awesome combos that the guide uh, listed, and I don't have them written down here, but I did write down a note that I'm like really excited for when I finish this game because I'll be able to go watch, a, you know, uh, Twitch streams and whatever else and see what people do, like how they want to structure their uh, abilities and, and their characters. I kind of figured it out a little bit later in the game. I don't have the notes here, so I, I obviously did not figure it out at this point. But here's the here's kind of the mind blowing thing. One of the combos that was listed was like, what if you were a red mage, right? And a summoner, right? And so if you'd have a red mage and a summoner, summoner together, red mage's ultimate ability that you get at the end of the, you know, once you level them up completely is dual cast, meaning that you can cast two different spells. And I believe summon, summon is one of those, uh, one of those spells that you can do twice. So you might be able to summon twice in a single turn using dual cast and summoner abilities. And if you also like, you know, level up your black magic, it means that you get 30% extra MP because I think that's one of the abilities. So these things, these little puzzle pieces started to come together to make me realize just, just how amazing and powerful this party building system is. You know, it didn't really make sense to me before. I'm like, well, I have one empty slot. No, like you're not going to have empty slot. Not only do you get all of the passive benefits of every single class, meaning you can do dual wielding without quote unquote equipping it. You should be able to do bow equipping uh, or shell. I don't remember exactly. So I haven't gotten to this part yet, but it's just really fantastic. I did end up going up against the Wendigos again um, after I leveled up my characters just like a ton. And the whole party died, except Bartz had a Hastka, like haste cast on him, and Berserk, and some other buffs. He also had ice armor, and the Wendigos are ice elemental, you know, bosses. So they attack with like frost, I think is the, is the, is the ability that they use. So what happened is that it, this became an auto battle. All of my characters are dead except for Bartz. Bartz can't do anything because he's Berserk. Bartz is hitting, um, you know, very strong attacks with his weapon. Bartz is, has all these different buffs and it can attack very often. And whenever he gets hit by frost, whenever he gets hit by frost, he absorbs that energy, meaning that his health never really went down. It just kept getting going up and he kept healing himself so then the first windigo died then the second then the third then the fourth and we get a win with a single character that i couldn't control i get a win 
this was just a wild battle to have and i this is so awesome i love it um so yeah we get this we get our second tablet we find out that the fork tower gets unblocked the strongest white and black magic spells are now available uh the tower is by crescent town so it is an area i think i mentioned it in the last episode where there's like a tower nearby the crescent town uh, which is like on the southeast part of the world map it's a, it's the area where the ronkins um had one of the um you know what do you call it where the ronkins had one set of ruins so went over there um there we find out we get a new riddle about the fork tower or something i went to crescent town crescent town was boring um this is like this is this is something that's a little bit uh frustrating and and, and annoying almost is just the fact that like these towns don't get upgrades you know so there was nothing else to do but go to the fork tower and basically what happens is that we enter the bottom and it turns out the tower is really forked like it there are two different towers like it's like one base that splits into two and here's the trick we have to pick up the spells the ultimate spells from this tower at the same time from both towers so what that means is that we had to I had to split my party into two. Now you can split your party in basically any way you want to, as long as there's at least one person on one side uh, or the other, right? So that means that I, we can do a three-one split, we can do a two-two split, or we can do a one-three split. Um, I, I, now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't seem like a lot of different options, but it felt like a lot of options at the time. Um, there were a few tricks about this, so this is when kind of the gu guide came in handy and why i do use the guide because i guess i wouldn't want to like waste extra time with this i don't know if that takes away this this is kind of like the dilemma with guides right like do they take away the enjoyment or do they make like the frustrating parts easier right so i decided to follow the guide and send all of my magicians to the left tower and all of the fighters to the right because if I remember correctly, the right tower, like magic doesn't work on the monsters. So if I had switched to parties and sent the mag magicians to the right instead of the left, I would have been, I would not have been able to ascend up the tower. There is some beautiful scenery. At one point we do exit out of the tower. So this is not like a, if I remember correctly, like that, th this wasn't like a really difficult climb. Um, but yeah, at one point you do go outside when you go outside you get to see mountains in the back and like a forest uh, You know in general Final Fantasy games, especially the SNES era games have beautiful backgrounds Whenever you're climbing up towers or mountains or whatever else That's one of the things that made me really like it because you don't ever see the game scenery from this angle Right like you don't see it as like wow, there's this beautiful big forest and these huge mountains and everything. You usually see it as like, oh, okay, so this is the mountain tile. This There is a little forest here. Like, it's not a very, you know, imagine, not imaginative, oh, right? Like, the, the overworld map isn't super detailed. It's more of, you know, so whenever you get, like, the in-world look at this, the, these places, you know, it's it's just really nice there. So you kind of fall, you, you get all the way to the end of the tower and then you have to pick up with the second party and then you attack the bosses of each section, um, sep you know, one by one as well. So you're kind of like, it's in sync, right? Like you're, you're technically going up at the same time, but you're not really, right? Like you're, you're doing it turn by turn, so to speak. Uh, so the, I think the first battle was against Minotaurus, um, and after defeating Minotaurus, we win the spell Holy. Um, the 
again, another interesting part is that the spell Holy, if I remember correctly, was not available to the other party on the other side of the tower, which is just really interesting to think about. But I guess, I mean, I wasn't using any magicians in the right tower anyway, so uh, I, th I think Minotaurus was the left tower. I can't Oh, no, no, no. Minotaurus was the fighter um, fight. Uh, so it was Bart's and... Uh, Ferris f fighting against Minotaurus, and once we won H Holy, Holy was not available to the Magician party, so we played against a boss named Omniscient, and I don't remember what that boss looks like whatsoever, but it was a similar si situation, clearly couldn't be attacked, <laughs> and th th this is another one of those situations where, like, one character somehow has complete immunity, so Curly had complete immunity, but Lena did not, so... <laughs> Lena just died constantly, and 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 yeah, so Lena just died constantly, and Krilly was basically killing Omniscient, uh, except that there were some attacks that did damage, and there was an at attack that Omniscient did that killed Krilly on the last attack. Like, literally, if Krilly had got, gone first, had been just a little bit faster, this would have been a done fight, but no, like... Krilly got attacked and killed. So I had to reload, and this time, when I fought, I, I didn't reload the entire tower. I, I used sta safe states for this reason. It's just, like, it's too much. I don't really, you know... I don't enjoy having to go through the same areas over and over again. So I did reload, and I used shell this time. Um, and I noticed that it was just so much easier. And I, if I had, like, cast it initially, uh, when I f this fight started, uh, it, it would have made all the difference. And so I got the flare in no time, and then the town starts. Uh, the town, the tower starts to disappear. Once it completely disappears, we find out that it is the an old entrance into the underground airship dock. So we we see that underground um, airship landing pad, right? And it used to be in the middle of the ocean, where it would just like separate the lake and the ocean in Crescent in the in the Crescent town area. Um, to create a crescent lake. Oh, wow. Call back to Final Fantasy 1, I, I guess, a little bit. Um, and in this case, because of the, the world changed, it was just a landing pad in the middle of a desert. And so, and uh, it's a little bit of a callback, right? Because the, the airships are usually found in the desert. So this was a, this was a really funny, like, I don't know, it's just a callback situation. I really like stuff like that. But that was it, and then it was time for me to get legendary weapons. And if I remember correctly, I just I just picked whatever I came across. So start, things are starting to heat up. Things are a little bit more straightforward at this point. So uh, you know, in this in this chapter, we got both the wind tablet and these like extraordinary um, uh, spells. And I want to kind of like talk about these spells a little bit because they're kind of like the the opposites of each other. Holy is a white magic spell that you can cast as a white magician, and it's the highest level white magician spell as far as i know and it does a, a huge amount of damage like it, it is a fantastic spell but I, I believe it's only to attack one single enemy so you can't attack a bunch of different ones so the, the there's limited use to this but it, there's also a lot of use in boss fights especially if you get into the weird situation where for some reason your white magician is surviving everything you know or the weird situation where you're still somehow at full health and you don't need to buff, but so you can still attack, you know, it's one of those kind of situations. And I, and I like it because you can also spell blade this spell. Can you? No, you can't spell blade this. You cannot spell blade this, I think. Huh, I'm gonna go look this up. You can spell, spell blade it. You can even spell blade with bio, 
What? It is quite an effective and cool spell. Now, I'm, I'm thinking back and I'm, I'm like, I remember using Holy in the past. And the cool, cool thing is that Holy works well on Undead, right? Like it works well on all these different... Um, it also works like well against all these different uh, enemies that have elemental protection. So they can't be attacked by like fire, water, lightning, whatever, fire, ice, lightning, whatever. Um, so you have like this, this extra ability, right? I got into a situation where Flare, and again, you can Spellblade with Flare as well, where Flare was healing my enemy. And so I recast and I used Holy and it was doing just a massive amount of damage. And just like thinking about it, Spellblade is like such a weird ability because you're technically casting a spell, but you're also physically attacking. It's a weird combination of both. So Flare and Holy are available to Spellbladers, um, as well as like obviously white, white Magicians and Black Magicians. So very useful stuff, very, very useful stuff, especially if you... So there were a few times where I had like an enemy um, and I'm f further, way further along in the game than when I'm recording. I got a little bit swept up and just like kept playing and I'm like, oh no, I have to go back and like record these episodes. But the, the, the fun thing has been with these spells is that you can have a Black Magician casting Flare and a Spellblader attacking with Flare and just doing a massive amount of damage. And these are like the combos that you look really look forward to at the end of the game. The story hasn't really moved further along. It is interesting that the Fork Tower was on top of the, um, basically the, the, the airship entrance into the Ronkin ruins. So it makes me think like, you know, what was the connection there? But we don't really get much of an explanation about the Fork Tower or the lore behind it, which has been the case for a lot of these sections, right? Like we don't know why the Wind Shrine was in the middle of... Uh, a bridge, we don't know, we just don't know a lot of things in this game. And it's a little bit funny, but it, it also kind of makes sense, right? Like if you have the the these two worlds come together for the first time in a thousand years, nobody's gonna know anything about it. Uh, and I think, so I, I did express that disappointment that the towers didn't update, the towers, the towns didn't update. Like it kind of would have been nice if the Crescent Town was like, oh, hey, what's all this weird stuff going on? And like, oh, hey, there's a, new tower out west we had a couple people go there and not come back you know it would have been really interesting to weave these new elements in the map back into the story but that that didn't happen um i mean i guess there's like just so much you can do in these games especially on an snes and especially i'm sure that there was a time crunch and everything else so i wonder if i'm gonna, if I'm gonna see more of that in like the future games that have a little bit more space to grow you know um, I mean, obviously there ha there were a few times in the Final Fantasy franchise where there was a massive event and everybody had something to say about it. I think I, I always think back to Final Fantasy II after all the towns got got attacked by the Dreadnought, right? Like every single town had something to say about the attack. The dialogues changed, the sprites and textures changed in the towns, everything changed. And in this case, it was kind of like, oh, hey, the entire world changed, but we're Crescent Town and, or, you know, we're... Was it Crescent Town? That's the name of it, right? We're Crescent Town, so we don't know anything about it, right? Like, it's a, it's a little bit disappointing, but that's kind of it. That's it for this episode. We're nearing the end, and I've been saying that for a while, but it, we really are nearing the end here. You know, we're almost at the section where we're going to jump into the end, end zone, and that is when things are just going to be constant fighting. So I wonder if those episodes are going to be shorter, uh, just like a lot more gameplay for some reason. Anyways, that's it for this episode. Um, like and subscribe on whatever, you know, wherever you're listening to this. 
and leave a review rating. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash EF podcast, and I'll see you next time.